Welcome to the Exchange for the Exchange podcast, where we exchange ideas about current events, pop culture, and theology. And we are on air, boys. Okay. You are live. For the record, Josh Pinnell is laughing. Nikolai Carpathia. (laughs) So gentle. Wow. I don't even know what Alex is going to say at this point. Okay, welcome to the Exchange podcast. Uh, I'm your host tonight, Josh Pinnell, a little different format. Alex and Daniel are not here, uh, but I do have with me Dan Ells. Dan, you're a pastor. Where are you at? Vernal, Utah. Vernal, Utah. And where is that in relationship to Salt Lake City? Oh, uh, straight east of Salt Lake City. We're in northeastern Utah. Dan is actually my brother-in-law. I'm out visiting him in Utah right now, and we thought we'd interview him for the podcast. Uh, So you're going to get a short episode. This week on Friday, then later on in the week, we're going to release uh, kind of part two of the episode or another short episode with me, Alex, and Daniel. Dan, specifically, what challenges do you face as a pastor in Utah, especially so close to Salt Lake City? Yeah, the culture is very different here. I guess I would state it as a contrast. Before here, we were in Kansas, Hmm. and Kansas is kind of the buckle of the Bible belt, and it was... It was cultural there to be Christian, mm-hmm. and uh, there was almost sort of a uh, automatic respect for you know for a Christian pastor. Mm. And here it's just very different. Mormonism is very much part of the culture here. I don't know if you could use the word culture shock, but definitely a contrast. I guess I could tell a story. When we first moved here, we were renting a house just down the road from the church building, and I, I would walk back and forth. It was a good chance to meet neighbors and stuff like that. I met one of my neighbors at his outside gate, and we were talking, and he was asking what uh, ward I attend, which would be their uh, their regular Sunday church service. And when I told him I was the, the pastor at Grace, he uh, said, well, it was good to meet you, and turned and walked away. <laughs> and it, it ended our interaction. for It was done. Yeah, for the next year, <laughs> that was pretty much it. Oh, wow. Besides that, have you or members in your church had any specific interactions with Mormons that kind of stick out to you? The interaction is, it's constant, it's every day. I mean, these are these are our friends and neighbors, it's people we work with and see in the store and love and talk to, and there are a lot of transplants here, hmm. but it's still somewhere around 75%. 75% are Mormons, yeah. and then how many are evangelical Christians? 10% maybe. 10% of people, wow. Yeah. And that's in Vernal. Vernal's higher than a lot of rural Utah. That's crazy. Be your church members interacting with Mormons on a daily basis. What do you do as a pastor to shepherd your people well, uh, to make sure they're ready to interact with Mormons? First and foremost, what we try to do is proclaim the truth. Hmm. We teach the word. That stands as a contrast because you don't see that in the in the regular practices of, of LDS. We try to teach so that in, instant in season, out of season, and that allows them to be able to be salt and light. You know, here they're able to talk with, with Mormon friends and be able to give the word of God and teach the word of God. Well, and they find that most of the people that they interact with are biblically illiterate. Hmm. And they uh, they don't teach a lot of doctrine. They don't have a lot of that foundation. They're salt and light in that they interact with the word, with the Mormons. That's, they're just not used to that at all. Yeah. Are they used to, uh, you know, saying the Book of Mormon or anything like that, or is it just kind of a cultural thing that they're Mormon? If they've gone on their mission. They've studied deeply. They're required to learn the church doctrine very well in order to be ready to interact with anyone. Hmm. They have a regimented study that they do every day. But I found in my experience, and again, I'm sure there are 
many Mormons that are very devout to continue that study. Sure, yeah. But in my experience, most of them don't continue that after the time of, of their mission is done, after they return home. For someone who hasn't been on their mission in 10 years, you know, your average uh, person that you're interacting with at work, they're, they're very concerned about the teachings of their church, but you don't find a huge concern about what's the teaching of the Word. Mm. So your main focus, your main defense against Mormonism for your people is simply consistent preaching exegetical of through the Bible. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. And you find that that is the most helpful way to have them prepare to have biblically literate discussions with that opposition. Yeah. That's good, Dan. That's really good. One of our missionaries who's very well versed in the LDS religion and understands it very well, has studied it. He comes at least once a year and does a conference to uh, to help and to prepare us. We've had a couple of conferences specifically dealing with witnessing to and interacting with people that are LDS. Yeah, so have you seen any specific members of your church you know, give testimony to you that, hey, this specific thing you preached on, this specific thing that this guest speaker talked about was really helpful in this interaction with a Mormon? We did. We had a, we had a lady specifically who... Uh, one of the families in our church had been witnessing to that family for many years, mm. and she actually attended Doreen one of those conferences. Oh, wow. And Doreen, that conference, actually mm. came to a point where she said, now I see the difference. Wow. It was within six months of that she had trusted Christ and was baptized. Mm. That's fantastic. So are there other members of your church besides this lady who were previously Mormons who have come to faith in Christ? Yeah, there are a few. Again, it's not a, it's not a overwhelming majority or anything. Sure, yeah. There. So I want to take this a step further. For for those of us listening to you, listening to this podcast, uh, what advice can you give us for interacting with the Mormons? So a Mormon comes, knocks on your door, how should you respond to that? Should you go, you know, John 1, 1, look at the Greek immediately? Are you inviting them in? And or what, what are you doing at that point with that with that person? So if they're coming and knocking on your door, they're right. the people that are on the mission. Oh, yeah. So they're up on their stuff right they're, now. They're well-trained. This is a different animal. On how to, how to deal and how to interact. Yeah. Um, you do want to know some basic fundamental uh, truths about Mormonism. Uh, and there's excellent resources out there that show some of that stuff. I found, however, knew, knowing that I was moving to Utah, I brushed up on all that stuff and tried to do all that study. Good. And I found out that a lot of the stuff that I saw in the books and a lot of the stuff that I was taught mm -hmm. is, is absolutely true teaching of Mormonism from the Book of Mormon, from Doctrine of Covenants, from Pearl of Great Price and their, uh, their scriptures. However... They don't know that. The, the, the people on their mission don't know Even that. Even the people on their mission. Hmm. They're trained in how to answer somebody that's coming to attack them. Yeah. Um, they're more trained apologetically than they're trained in their own doctrine. In their own doctrine. So maybe there's a different strategy that should be, should be taken. What do you advise then? I have a copy in my office of a uh, Book of Mormon uh, from the 70s. I don't remember the exact copyright date, but an older Book of Mormon. And I have highlighted... Uh, changes mm. that have come in the Book of Mormon. Mm. And I've often been able to use that as at least a springboard, a starting place to show, you know, the foundation and the basis of their foundational book. Yeah. And then use that as a contrast to talk about the scriptures. So you're taking the battle off of, you know, your defensive field and you're putting it, you're, you're taking an offensive approach yeah. to where now... We're, we're going to their land, so yeah. to say, to 
to see if their foundation can stand. What is your view on the changes in the Book of Mormon? Right. Because even if they're on their mission, they're going to be aware that that there are changes that have happened to the Book of Mormon, mm. um, and they'll they'll go through and they'll you know speak about prophets today. And then, of course, you've at least got a, a starting point to talk with them about the authority of Scripture. Hmm. Um, I've also used, and again, maybe it's going on the offensive uh, without being offensive. Um, <laughs> as I've read through the Book of Mormon, I read through cities that don't exist, hmm. places that can't be found on a map, hmm. battles for which there's no archaeological evidence, and things that have been proven through DNA research to be scientifically untrue. And yet, I look at the scriptures, and I've been to Israel, I've stood on these in some of these sites, you know, and it matches up. Uh, Greg Bonson used uh, Proverbs when it says, answer a fool according to his folly. Yeah. And so what you're doing is you're showing him his own folly and saying, "Do you, like, this is man's wisdom, not God's wisdom. Sinclair Ferguson said, we just lift the roof off the house and let the water come in. Yeah. And that's like kind of what you're doing there. What, were I, you going to say something? I had a pastor friend of mine that described it as leveling the playing field. Okay. So they're coming and they say, you know, here is our teaching and our doctrine based upon this. And I'm coming from a totally different perspective, hmm. the authority of the word of God. Right. And so there has to be some kind of leveling of the playing field to hmm. where, you know, I don't recognize their scripture as authoritative. Right. Um, and here's why. Hmm. And then here's why I do recognize the scripture as the authority. Mm. That's a very reformed of you, Dan, in your, oh, in your apologetic. That's, that's fantastic, man. I love it. You're not even pretending like there's an area of neutrality between the two of you. You're saying like, look, this is your, this is your foundation and it's a house built on the sand. <laughs> and this is my foundation and it's a house built on the rock. This is God's wisdom and you have man's wisdom. And you just kind of show them, look, yours does not stand uh, even against human scrutiny today. It certainly can't stand against scrutiny of the divine, uh, divine mind and of God. And, and with that, if you look at Mormons, Mormon apologetics, the, the approach that they use to defend their faith and to explain it to others and convince others, uh, that has changed drastically in this generation. Mm. If you look at older Mormon teaching, uh, it was that they were the only true Christians and everyone else was apostate. Mm. Joseph Smith himself taught that, that Christianity was apostate and he was rediscovering the truth. Mm. Um, that has changed drastically to where so often I am told by people that are LDS that they're Christian as well, they're followers of Jesus Christ as well, mm. and that we're worshiping the same God. And that's just simply not true. Mm. I worship the God of the Bible. God who is eternal and infinite and sent his only begotten son. The Mormon teaching is that the father was once man yeah. and man can attain to Godhood. We're not worshiping the same God. That's good, Dan. Yeah, that's great. So you mentioned cities that can't be found, archaeological evidence, things like that. Where, where does someone like me or someone like who's listening to this even begin preparing themselves for an offensive apologetic against the Mormons? There's some great old classic resources. Uh, Walter Martin's Kingdom of the Colts. Uh, John Ankerberg is another guy who has a, a section in his Colts book that's really good uh, and just simply explaining in a, in a brief summary the basic Mormon teachings. 
the DNA versus the Book of Mormon and the Bible versus the Book of Mormon, Jesus Christ versus Joseph Smith, mm. that are excellent and just giving somebody who is not LDS an understanding of of what they believe and what are the foundational teachings that religion is based upon. Mm, that's good. Yeah, before we before we sign off, any other thoughts at all? Uh, any other stories or anything you th- think might be helpful? I can give a commercial that the field is ripe out here. Yeah. And uh, Even I mean, to move to Utah. You move to Utah and, and come and be co-laborers in the work out here. Uh, that was a challenge that was given to me uh, in college. Uh, go West, young male. That's good. What's the name of your church? Grace Baptist Church in Vernal, Utah. Okay, great. Yeah. Hope maybe someone will contact you. You That's never know. Great. That's great. Thanks so much, Dan. Appreciate your time. Dan and everyone listening, good night and good luck.